Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is Wednesday, November the 6th, and uh, what a night it was in the world of sports as we had college football, NBA, over a 100 college basketball games to kick off the season including the top four teams in Madison Square Garden, the Champions Classic, and it delivered, boy. It's uh, welcome back to college basketball as every shot matters, every last second matters, every cover matters, and, uh, oh, yeah, it's we're finally starting to get a pretty good idea of what these programs, the Classics, the Blue Bloods, in all likelihood, they may have a loss next to their name after the next 48 hours, but... Yeah, that really doesn't mean anything at this particular time. No Zion, no Cam Reddish, no R.J. Barrett. There's no real big names sticking out yet. Zion was just one of those uh, freaks like Anthony Davis was years ago at Kentucky. Uh, There's nobody there yet, but I can promise you this. After watching a lot of those games last night, we're going to be talking about a couple of names a lot, Dane, over the next couple of weeks, much like... Uh, you know, as R.J. Barrett and, and Cam Reddish, Zion was the one that, you know, everyone was talking about between him and, and R.J. Barrett. I mean, pretty much dominated conversations last week from day one, from game one. Uh, there are going to be some of those guys that that take over the conversation, but not that Zion type, not that larger in life. And I think it's a good reminder, Dane, that athletes like Guys like Zion, who hasn't even played an NBA, you know, an NBA game yet here in the season. But it's important to remember that, you know, sometimes we get spoiled. And I've already seen a lot of people going like, oh, yeah, you know, they're good. But, you know, it's not, you know, they're not Zion. Like, guys, they, they don't, you, you just can't go out and get those guys there, Dane. Like, uh, there will right. be guys that we're going to talk about when it's all said and done. Uh, by I can promise you over the next month to two months, there are going to be guys that rise to the cop. But I think this whole expectation of why, where's it, why in Zion? Like, we ain't got nothing like, oh, it sucks now. Uh, yeah, guys, that doesn't come. Tiger Woods's, Zion's, LeBron's, Colby's, and they don't, they don't come around, but every, I don't know, five, six years, if you're lucky, Dane. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates. I'm making rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. You know, there's a reason, Joe. We call them like generational talents because they happen once in a generation. Right. You know, this. Yeah. let's not start thinking, you know, it's funny because you're down in Miami, Joe, with global warming and all this stuff. We now hear it's like a generational hurricane happening like twice a right. year. You know what I'm saying? And that's the same mm-hmm. thing can't happen to the idea of college basketball talent. You know, Zion is what Zion mm-hmm. was, but we move on. There will be new names. For example, Joe, I submit Tyrese Maxey. If you want to know the truth, mm-hmm. this freshman, you know, pulling up from deep, you know, but and, and the other thing you talk about the guys like Zion last year I submit a different name to you and that name is Ja Morant like this Mm. time last year Joe 
Did we all know that Ja Morant was an absolutely electric point guard that fits the NBA as the number two overall pick? Not most people. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's yep. going to be exciting over the next, what, three months, four months to start to learn these guys and start to learn these teams and understand uh, who we want to throw some uh, th- throw some uh, pesos on come March. Yeah, don't forget, I mean, Zion was one of those kids that he was like a YouTube star before he even went to Duke. Yeah. Like, we had known him. Yeah, I mean, that kind of, it just doesn't, the expectation level that I'm hearing and that I'm seeing is like, you know, guys, that was, he was so unique from that standpoint. First of all, he's built like, uh, you know, he's built like a building. A lot of these kids that we're seeing right now, like you mentioned Maxi and some of these other kids, I promise you in three years from now, you won't even recognize what these kids look like. Like they're on, you know, we, we have to remember they're just 17, 18 years old. They're not even close to being what they're right. going to be. And yet they just happen to be generational talents. And I think we get so spoiled, especially in this day and age, because when Tiger was coming mm-hmm. up or when LeBron was coming up, there wasn't social media. You know, those generational talents, you know, it wasn't like today where it's got to be instant gratification. Like, I want Zion. Like, I want, you know, I want to be, uh, I want entire trucks of ESPN and Fox Sports to go to Jim Nate. Like, that, guys, it doesn't happen that way. Don't forget, we got so enamored and so spoiled last year. That guy will eventually be here, only it's going to take a few more years to figure out who it is, Dane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we call it generational talents because it happens once in a generation. You can't think that it's going to go every year like, oh, who's no. this year's Zion? Like, that's a false premise. You know what I mean? And yep. if that's your expectation, you may wind up being disappointed. What I like seeing yes. is give me the college game, right, Joe? We like right. these kids because maybe more fundamentals, maybe more purity yep. and effort in the game than what we see. Maybe yep. better defense. Play. Uh, I, know, I know things I love about Q's. When we talk about my team, Syracuse is like they still play the two-three zone in a different way, mm-hmm. you know. So college basketball offers a lot to sink your teeth into. And Joe, to be quite honest, yep. I want to know when people are gonna do that. We have a poll question up as well, Joe. And the question mm-hmm. is, when do you start really getting into college basketball? Is it like opening night right. last night? Is it maybe when you start getting into the conference games after these preseason tournaments? Is it after you're done with football? You know, whether it be college football, pro football, Mm -hmm. or do you kind of wait until February and March Madness? I'm interested to see what people say, um, because that's when people are starting to learn these names, like you're mentioning, Joe. Yeah, exactly. And it takes time. And also the the interesting part is because we've been so football oriented. Right. And the the committee comes out right with their top list there and. We, mm-hmm. we're in that mindset where every loss, like, oh, my word, like a loss could be so detrimental. You know, in college, right. I can assure you, Bill Self in Kansas is not worried that they lost to Duke last night in game one. You know, basketball is a – college hoops is a different animal from sure. – Yeah, you, you're expected, if you're going to be one of the best teams in the country because of the way the tournament sets up, you know, you're expected to lose three or four or five games during the season. Like, you better because that's – you can't be – you've got to have those losses in order to be able to be considered yeah. one of the best because ultimately, even if you have five losses in your Kansas, doesn't make a damn bit of difference. you got to win in March. So every – it's a right. process trying to get from point A yesterday to when we get to March. What kind, And uh, keeping in mind, their 18-year-olds never played together, Dane. It takes a little time in college hoops. 
Yeah. Here's the difference, Joe. 66 teams get in here as opposed to four. Yeah. So one loss doesn't <laughs> exactly. matter as much. Do you yeah. think Michigan State and yep. Kentucky would schedule each other at the very first right. week if it was college football? Eh, I'm not exactly. so sure. Exactly. And that seems to Duke be the biggest Kansas problem. Like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Dane, I know your uh, your cues, your orange men getting ready to uh, open up their season tonight. Yep. And uh, when I was uh, studying up on the conferences yesterday, I came across a uh, statistic about your cues that is certainly worth remembering, which is going to make us all a ton of money this year, Dane. A ton of money. Ooh, uh, because that? your Syracuse orange men do this better than anybody. Oh, Keep in mind, and this is crazy. Keep in mind that when Syracuse plays conference games, all right, and obviously their conference is certainly in basketball, just kind of heads and tails above everyone else there. Um, Syracuse during conference games since 2005, and and that's Bayheim, and that is his uh, that that zone defense. Uh, the first half unders, 103 and 51, good for a 67 and a half percent. 42-unit profits in conference games, in conference games, guys. Not non-conference when he plays a tournament. But when that season starts rolling with Syracuse, keep that in mind that that first, first half, half under. those unders, 103-51. And it usually because of that that zone defense by Bayheim, you don't run into it every day. <laughs> you, don't, you don't often right. see it a lot. So he runs it better than anybody and that is going to be a profitable trend we're going to be keeping an eye on as the season be, uh, progresses here with your cues. You could practice against it, but Beheim recruits for it. You know, he recruits yeah, exactly. kids who yeah. are extremely long, okay? And it's the same mm. kind of thing. Like, you could have a guy play in the role of Lamar Jackson on your practice squad, but it ain't like actually mm-hmm. facing Lamar Jackson, you know? And I've said it to you last year. Also, in that carrier dome, Joe, and, and people like – People who haven't played will think about what I'm about to say is crazy. But in the Carrier Dome, it is literally just so cavernous and big mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. um, that it throws off the depth perception of shooters. Okay, this is like tried and true. It really does. It's a completely different background. It's it's people that go into the Dome are not used to it. It's a different perspective. So yet another reason that might yep. play to an early under as uh, shooters come in there and try to adjust. Just the fact that it's so cavernous um, throws off yes. the depth perception for a lot of shooters. Yeah, it's uh, cues, baby. Cues in those first half yep. unders. You know, I love those first half Thanks. unders. It'd be uh, ready to rock and roll. Uh, but last night we did get the uh, the opening round of the top four teams in college football, guys. And uh, sure enough, every year, this is the sixth year now. And without a doubt, without fail, the first five years, uh, this day, the day after, uh, the bitching and moaning just doesn't stop. 
And it's interesting because we, the bitching and moaning here, they're like the teams that should bitch and moan aren't, and the teams that really have nothing to bitch and moan are bitching and moan. Like, you know, LSU people are pissed off they're not number one. It comes out Ohio State, LSU, <laughs> Alabama, Penn State. And then, of course, Clemson people are beside themselves right now because they're fifth. Georgia is sixth. Matter. And the ironic thing is every every year, Dan, for the last five years, that this particular juncture, we have to remind people that none of this matters. Z- like zero of it matters because there's five weeks left and you've got just this weekend alone, Alabama playing LSU. Penn State is playing a undefeated Minnesota team in the Pac-10. Uh, Clemson, I hate to break the news to Clemson fans. If you win out, and you are the ACC champion. There is nobody on God's green earth who thinks that you are not, as the defending champion, going to have an opportunity to defend that crown. Nobody is keeping you out if you win your game. So the idea, whatever it is right now, keep in mind that this time next week, Dane, we're going to be having a totally different conversation about who the best team and the top four teams in the country are. No, absolutely, and I think that that is a point that needs to be made. It's not about being in the top four now. It's about being in the top four something like December, oh, I don't know, 7th, mm-hmm. let's say, something like that, whenever they come out for the last time. And a lot of stuff happens now until then. These teams in the top, you know, eight, I'll even go to the top, oh, I don't know, 10 or 11, they're mm-hmm. going to play each other, okay? So, yeah. obviously, and you start with the LSU-Alabama, somebody's getting a loss, right? You talk about Ohio State and Penn State, both in the top four. Well, they'll be on a collision course, to be quite honest. You know, and people don't realize, you talk about the way I would look at it, okay, if I was a fan of a team, is just like you said, Joe, if I win out, will I be in the top four? I think that's the way to look at it, okay? And to be quite frank, if you're Clemson and you win out, you will be in the top four. I got to tell you the truth, Joe. If you're Georgia at six and you win out, mm-hmm. guess what that includes? That includes a win in the SAC championship game against either LSU or Alabama. You'll be there. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to know the truth, That's look correct. at Oregon and, and Utah at seven and eight. I think if they win out, and that would then include a Pac-12 championship, that would include one of these Big Ten teams losing, that would include one or two of these SEC teams losing. I think uh, if Oregon or Utah win out, they'll probably get there Mm -hmm. as well. Oklahoma may be the first team that has a gripe because if they win out, they still may be left without uh, a spot if other things play out specifically in the SEC. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want to look at it, it's interesting how they, let's look at the conferences, for instance, on because there are some telling signs. Right. And don't forget that the committee doesn't stay the same. They rotate people in and out. It's not always the same people in the room. So what happened last year is not going to be, it's got no bearing on what happens this year because the room changes over. But it's interesting what they did with the Pac-12. They've got Utah and Oregon, and this was always a big question of ours, is that, listen, it does the Pac-12 even, you know, does the Pac-12 champ, are they the ones looking out? How about the Big 12? Because Oklahoma's nine, right? And Oklahoma has a loss to Kansas State. Well, what if Baylor wins the Big 12? Baylor's undefeated, and look at them. They're not even... Where where are you, Baylor? Oh, yeah, you are. 12. So, you know, Baylor's undefeated. Oklahoma's not yet. Baylor is... 
Florida's got two losses. Auburn's got two losses, and they're ahead of Baylor. So it's interesting to see what the committee thinks of these conferences. Right now, it's a toss-up between Oregon and Utah, but even if whoever wins out of those two wins the Pac-12, are you going to really make a leap from eight to the top four? Uh, uh, I don't. Well, I think I think you got a would, two. You got two two-loss SEC teams in the top ten. Yeah, but but if you if you are if the Pac-12 champ wins out, what will also happen mm-hmm. is you know Penn State or Ohio State falls by the wayside. An SEC team will fall by the wayside. You know, you'd beat the other Pac-12 team. So yeah, I do think. The way it looks like to me, Joe, is your Big Ten champ is in, your SEC champ is in, I think Clemson right. is in, right? And I right. think, yes, the Pac-12 champ would be in. I think the issue and what people need to watch, to be quite honest, I think the wild card is if Georgia wins the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Because if Georgia right. wins the SEC championship over, say, an undefeated LSU or an undefeated Alabama – and one of those two teams that are really going to be like probably sitting pretty at two, if they lose right. the SEC championship title game, there's a chance they could still only fall to four. I think Georgia is the team that can upset the apple cart, making two SEC teams in the top four. And that's, yeah, that's going to be the biggest fear, isn't it? Because uh, that, that's, uh, and Penn State, listen, Penn State will have an opportunity to prove its dominance, uh, you'll have to do it. Yep, you will have an opportunity to do it. I don't. I think the Big 12 is probably going to be on the outside looking in, unless Kansas State, like Oklahoma and Bale. You got to hope Kansas State gets really hot and runs the table here, because then all of a sudden losing to Kansas State, you know what? It ain't that damn bad. It ain't bad losing to Kansas State if they're a top 10 team, you know. But I don't. Yeah, the other this way, is all though, name is if recognition. If the Pac-12 champ is not that impressive then your Big 12 champ could hop them. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, to me, that's a bad spot Oklahoma's in. You're behind the Pac-12, both yeah. teams in the Pac-12, They're Oregon and Utah. Pac-12. Right. I mean, if the if both Who's teams go close? into a Pac-12 championship game, how the hell is Oklahoma hopping them? Like, I don't, I don't know right. how Oklahoma that's hops the, them. And that's the thing, Joe. There is still five power conferences and four spots, right? Right. So, in essence, that's the way correct. you look at it is which conference – which conference is behind the eight ball because their right. best team is ranked low. Right now, the Big 12 is the conference that might be without a chair when the music is at this point. It's, and it's interesting, too. We'll, uh, we'll dive more into the rankings in the upcoming games. Should we go to eight teams? We'll talk about it. It's coming. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. So it might be time for you to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account because listeners of this show, you guys get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. And here's how it works. You create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. 
you make a deposit. And then you place your first bet. DraftKings, they'll match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. Now, keep in mind, the offer eligible to all users plus new users. You guys get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And also check out when you get a chance, YouTube and Instagram, Sports Grid TV. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on there, never miss a show or a highlight. Always fun stuff there at Sports Grid TV on YouTube and Instagram. And welcome in here to Make It Rain on the Grid, SportsGrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. And uh, yes, the bitching and moaning has begun for the college football playoff committee. Their rankings yesterday none of which uh, will hold true anyway. This time next week, there will be a whole lot of differences uh, in that list right now in the top 25, mostly because they all going to play each other at some point here over the next few weeks. But it does bring up, again, you know it, I know it, where some of these teams is like splitting hairs, and especially when you start getting to that team five, six, seven, and eight thing. And... There's no way around it. The, I, don't, I don't think college football is ever going to be able to get around the argument or get around the controversy of why just four teams? Why not eight teams? Why not give us the top eight? And I keep and I've been it would be fun. It would be great. It would certainly give us a whole lot of content. But my biggest fear with the eight team process and thought process is. Are we watering down? The whole thing. Are we watering down the college football playoff by having, I don't know, a Baylor team play Ohio State? It's like it's not even going to be close, guy. Like we do realize that the difference between six, seven and eight is a hell of a lot different than one, two and three. And it has been since the beginning of time. You know, the top four teams really are the cream of the crop. And even from that top four, Dane, there's usually two that are just heads and tails above everybody else. It just seems like it's you're being nice to schools who really, you know, win your damn games. That's all. Like, win all your games, and then you have an argument to be in the top four. Win your conference, and you're in. I don't – are we rewarding teams for being the seventh best in the country? I, I don't – I'm not a big fan of that. So, we're going to see this one differently, Joe. Um, and I think it's interesting because we started talking about college basketball today, right? And right. in college basketball, they let 64 in. Then they expanded to 66, 68. And there's mm-hmm. still people that bitch, right, on Selection Sunday who are on the bubble, right? We hear about that for a damn three weeks to a month. Who's on the bubble? And this is to be like the 68th or 69th best team to be a 12 seed that maybe has a shot against a good team, a five seed that's probably something like number 18 in the country. Right. So people are going to complain whether you draw the line at four, eight, 16, 32, 64 or 68 or, or two. People are going to complain. I the, the thing that changes it for me is there are five power conferences, Joe. And so to have four spots, you, you just said, go win your conference. Right. But there's going to be a big boy conference whose champion 
is left without a seat. And that happens all the time That by, by just sheer math. And this year, maybe it's the Big 12 in Oklahoma. In years past, it's been the Pac-12. So that's the thing that, and if Notre Dame is good, that upsets the apple cart also. So to me, you have all, I would at least, I would do eight. And I would do the five power conference champs and then kind of like at large bids, just like um, just like college football does. And if you want to know the, I mean, just like college basketball does. And if you want to know the truth, Joe, I even personally and I know you're going to kill this. I go even further. I would go even to 16 to let even your conferences like the Mac champion have a spot. Yes, they would be ranked like 11th or 12th and they would have to face like. Uh, Clemson in the first round, and I understand what you're saying. There's a big difference. But if you look at the other side, Joe, isn't that the beauty of March Madness? The Cinderella? Central Florida, who's been griping for two years, right? They would have their chance, albeit they would probably wind up being like the nine seed and have to wind up playing, you know, Ohio State right off the bat. They would at least get their chance. And when we have March Madness, Joe, isn't that like part of the joy of the tournament? The Cinderella upset? Or even in the second round, the the six seed versus the three seed, the one versus eight? There's some good matchups in there. Now, I just – and you know about the schedule. Well, D2 and D3 do it. You know, oh, well, the Peach Bowl will never let that happen. You find out a way so that the quarterfinals, the semifinals – are the Peach Bowl, the Outback Bowl, blah, 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 and you just organize the schedule. There's room in mid to late December for two to three weeks of playoffs, and they do it in D2, D3, so don't tell me about the kids taking finals. I do think there's a way to extrapolate it. You're right, it waters it down a little bit, but I think you make that back and the joy and investment in a bigger tournament like we see in March Madness. See, the problem comparing college basketball is that in you mentioned that there's five conferences, right, in football. There's 500 conferences in basketball with 9 million teams. So the sheer scale of what college basketball has versus football is night and day. And again, we always say the Cinderella's are great. Cinderella's never win. They're never winning because they're never the, the national champion. They're never going to make it. It's always the top 20 teams that are really yeah. in basketball because there's, there's a million a teams and a million conferences. There's always going to be teams that left out. There is a difference between most deserving and best. Any which way you cut it, you might be the most deserving UCF school in the world doesn't mean it's the best four teams. So what are we ultimately getting to here, Dane? Are we looking for most deserving or are we looking for the best? Because those two things aren't mutually exclusive. So, I, you know, I get it, UCF. You are deserving of a shot of it. But that doesn't mean you're the best team. So what is it that you want as a fan? Do you want to see the four very best no matter what? Or are you looking for, well, he, you know, it was nice. He played well. They didn't really play anybody. But they didn't lose. There's a big difference between deserving and best, isn't there? Yeah, but here's the thing, Joe. Uh, let's let's use UCF, okay? And and in college basketball, you're mm -hmm. right. They haven't won it, but we have seen schools like Butler get to the championship game. VCU, George Mason, make long runs, okay? Now, um, maybe we we'd be excited to see an SMU or a Memphis win a first round game right, against mm -hmm. Oklahoma, but then lose in the second round against Ohio State. I, that would be incredible interest. It just would. And here's the thing um, with, this, with the Central Florida case, right? 
what I believe should be true for any college team. If you go undefeated and don't lose, you should be live. You should have a chance. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying they get it, but they get an opportunity, Joe. Now, the Central Central Florida of three years ago or two years ago, maybe they would have gotten blown out by Alabama. And then guess what? They got to shut the hell up. But at least they had their chance. And that's the beauty of it. You're right. The top teams are probably the best and most deserving. But in a tournament format that gives everybody a chance, it's proven on the field, at least, Joe. But you don't deserve the chance, is my point. Yes, you're in a lesser conference. You can go undefeated by scheduling nobodies. Yeah. Okay, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem with that. What do you think the athletic directors are going to do? They're not going to – they're out of conference games. They are sure as hell ain't going to be against Alabama, LSU. We're not going to get any of that. And then that's the other byproduct right. by making everybody available. You cheapen the 12 games during the season, and there's only 12. College basketball, you got 500 games, guys. You got tournaments. You got this. You got that. There's a lot of different ways in college basketball to be able to prove your value. There's not that many in college football. And to me, urgency matters. If I only have 11 games to prove myself, and, you know, by your theory, just because I win them all means I should be live. Okay. So suppose I put 10 cupcakes or I play in one of these worst divisions. That doesn't mean schedule, I should have, have a play champion playing schedule. for a national championship. There's no way I should be playing for a national championship simply because – I scheduled cupcakes and oh yeah, I'm undefeated at the end of the year. That's not the best. That's you want to say yeah, deserving but Joe, in college eh, football. It can be manipulated. Like Central Florida, so what good does say, it have? What good does it have having LSU play uh, Oklahoma to open the season? Like who in the hell is going to schedule that if all I have to do is win my games? No, you're right. That would be the byproduct. But what you, I think you make it up in interest in the tournament. You're right. Like, that's the extreme. And that's why people say in college football, every week matters, right? Because of that one, that one loss could eliminate you. Yes, that's the benefit of the extreme scenario and only a few teams in. We just said it at the top of the hour, right? Kentucky and Michigan State wouldn't schedule each other if that was the case, right? But college football right now is on one end of the continuum. It's so every mm -hmm. game matters so much because of one and you're done, right? College basketball is probably the other end of the continuum, 68 teams or whatever. So you're right. Each individual game means less. It's true. It's the same as pro football versus pro baseball. Mm -hmm. There's less games. It matters more. Right. What I'm saying yep. is I do believe you can split the difference. I do believe there is a way to still honor and keep the regular season important and have a tournament. What you're saying about a team like UCF or Memphis or SMU or Cincinnati, right? These teams, Joe, they still, 10 out of their 12 games are conference games. They, they can't yeah. schedule cupcakes all the time. It's their conference. It's one or two games. And that team would wind up being in my, in my you know, uh, format here, like the 10 seed and would have to play Oregon in the first round. That would be cool. And then if Oregon moves on, they got to play, you know, uh, LSU. I think that would be incredibly uh, profitable for this country. And all this Nobody wants to see Ball State play Alabama.
Zero people do. Not even people in Indiana want to see Ball State play Indiana, play uh, Alabama. It, no, it, absolutely not. Nobody wants to watch 78 to nothing. Nobody. Nobody wants to see it. You, you, it sounds good. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. here on Wednesday. It is November the 6th. Uh, loaded again here today. 25 college basketball games. One more Mac action college football game. Nine NBA games. Two NHL games. Needless to say, there is plenty going on. And we're not even uh, at Thursday, the beginning of week 10 of the NFL season yet, which, well, that's coming up too as the Chargers and the Raiders are getting ready to do battle. And that's going to be a lot of fun for the AFC West supremacy. But we did get, of course, some uh, some news and notes yesterday from around the NFL, making headlines here today, including the fact that, well, Minshew mania is over. We got our answer from Doug Marone that uh, Nick Foles will, in fact, be back starting coming up after their bye here. The game November 17th against Indianapolis in Indy will, in fact, be with Nick Foles under center. And Marone said that, uh, you know, for me, uh, looking back at all the work we put in, designing the offense with Foles in mind, I just got to go back to the experience and what he's able to do, not to mention, of course, that you paid the dude $88 million with a franchise record $50 million plus in guaranteed cash. So, yeah, um, I think I think you're the big winner regardless, Jacksonville, because if Foles doesn't go down, you never really have any idea that, You've got options there with this uh, kid moving in the future. So there's good to it all. And I agree. Listen, Nick Falls, you you can't pay a dude 50 million plus, hand him over to cash and then be like, oops, sorry. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't that good, Gardner Minshew. Uh, They're four and five. And I think it's good for Gardner Minshew to maybe take the helmet off here a little bit and hang out behind a a real pro there like Nick Falls. I I think he's better for it. I think the organization is better for it. And I think they'll be just fine. I think he'll be just fine. But Nick Foles is coming back, and he is ready to go after breaking that collarbone in, I can't believe it was week one. It seems like a million years ago. Uh, But I like like to move. I I think Gardner Minshew proved that he can play at this level. I think he will, over the next couple of years, make himself a lot of money. Being a quarterback, somebody is going to pay him, Dane, to be their quarterback, whether it's Jacksonville or somebody else. Uh, it's a win-win, I think, for the organization. And it'll be good to get Nick Foles out there. And He's right. You you spent all that time building an offense around Nick Foles. Let's go see what you got now. Yeah, I, I agree. This is like, you know, this is only an issue if people try to, like, generate drama around this. This is exactly what is supposed to happen. Your starting quarterback mm. went down. 
right? Your backup quarterback goes in and does exactly what you hope they would do. They hold the fort, right? He played pretty well. He played around. They got around 500 ball out of him. You have to be pleased with that, right? Now, Foles is ready. You spent the money on Foles. Remember the other thing, Joe, is that they went out and got John Filippo to be their offensive coordinator. Why? Because of his history and experience with Nick Foles. Like, this was all tailor-made to have Nick Foles be the quarterback. Nick Foles is back. It's all good. I think he gives the Jags a better chance to win. And to your point, this is fine for Minshew. To be quite honest, I think Mm -hmm. it's good for Minshew because as time went on, he was a little bit more and more exposed, right? So if you're Minshew's agent or Minshew's entourage, you're, you're trying to keep that stock high. Right. And I think that the more and more exposure he got, it might have, you know, tarnished it a little bit. So this is perfect time. You have what you have out on tape. You will be, you know, whether it's as a trusted backup for Jacksonville or in the merry-go-round of teams that maybe want to give you a shot. Minshew over the last 10 months built himself an eight year NFL career. Let's take a look at the uh, standings in that uh, division there, because obviously taking yeah. on Indianapolis uh, coming out of the bye week is it's huge. Good. So, and they too are dealing with Jacoby Brissett having a knee problem and it's week to week. So we don't know what his availability is going to be either, but it, it makes it a very interesting conference now because yeah. of his ability to hold the damn fort down and be fort. Like he actually did more than enough in the way it's played out in order to give Nick Foles and the Jacksonville Jaguars, are they, are they dead in the water? Do they still have a shot at making, uh, making a run at the division title? They got a chance. I wouldn't bet money on it. But listen, what do we say? The backup, if they can go 500, it's all good. Minshew mm-hmm. went four and four, I believe. They're now four and five, Joe. You talk about Brissette, right. the injury, that could be harmful for Indy. People also don't realize, guys, they lost T.Y. Hilton also for multiple weeks. Yep. Okay? So that mm-hmm. offense is compromised. You got Houston there sitting at six and three. All right, Joe, so uh, you're two games back. You're, you're, you're two games right. back with seven to play. Like, that's viable. They would have to get on a little bit of a run, and I think they've played Houston already once, and that was the weird two-point conversion game that they went for. I believe that was like a 13-12 game that they lost. So, you know, they're in it still, you know, but they would have to win some games, and they would have to beat Houston for sure if they play um, their second time around. Um, But they're live. Absolutely. But Gardner Minshew did what Gardner Minshew was asked to do. He went 500. uh, Kids wore his mustache for Halloween. It's all good. And he will now be a name kind of in the narrative when you think about backup quarterbacks. He made himself a living. He made himself a career. He's going to be like one of these Chase Daniel, uh, Colt McCoy kind of guys, or, or in San Francisco, Nick Mullins, who people are always like, oh, maybe he could do the job. Uh, and so he's going to be sitting pretty, uh, literally, for the next eight to ten years. He'll be okay. Well, the the door is open because they've already beat it Jacksonville is. twice. They just beat him in London, but they beat Minshew twice. All they right. didn't, you know, that's the whole thing is they didn't have a chance to beat uh, Foles. But you can't, nothing you can do about it now. However, the Texans' schedule is not an easy one coming up. They've got the Ravens on Sun on uh, after their bye. They've got the Colts coming up after that. They got the Patriots after that, followed by the Broncos and Titans and, of course, the Buccaneers. So the Texans' schedule is far from easy. I don't know what Jacksonville's is lining up at, but 
yeah, the I Texans, the could they – could they? so what's Jacksonville's schedule? I mean, the good part is, you know, they got uh, – they have Indy twice still, okay? They have still. Indy twice, oh, Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, they haven't played Indy yet. They play Indy. They got the bye this week. Uh, this is Jacksonville. You know, okay. they have their bye. And mm-hmm. then their next game right off the bat is at Indy. The game Foles is back for is at Indy. And Perfect. wouldn't it be great if – I mean, for Jacksonville. <laughs> if, if Foles right. is back but Brissett is not, you know, that's possible. Mm-hmm. That they could get a chance of yep. getting a shot at Indy with Brian Hoyer. That's possible, right? And then right after that is Tennessee. Joe, you know, so they got chances in their division. And then, I mean, they've got Atlanta still on the schedule. That's not that bad. But then they have some other teams that are, you know, we think are quality. I mean, they've got the Chargers and the Raiders and the Bucks on on their teams, all which we see as, you know, around 500-ish decent teams. So it's not like it's a cakewalk, but they've got their shot with two left against Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. And the Texans, that's that's a tough gauntlet coming up here. Ravens. Yeah. Colts, Patriots, the next three weeks when they come back from the bye. That's a pretty, all right, let's see what you got, Texans. I mean, we'll learn. Uh, I think we'll have a pretty good idea there because I don't think they're going to run away with it. And I do think there might be some beating up. Uh, they do have to take on the Titans still. Um, th- this is going to be an interesting yep. fight. I don't think uh, I, the bottom line is, listen, I feel more comfortable being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan knowing Nick Foles is coming back into the picture, I think. And yep. let us not forget what he has done in the second half of his football career for teams that he has played for. This is usually when Nick Foles is at his best. But again, health, we'll see exactly how long it takes him to get back up to speed. But uh, uh, things are looking good for the Colts. Things yeah. not looking so yeah. good, or depending on how you look at it. Things uh, are looking interesting, to say the least, here in the soap opera that is known as the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Cam Newton's season is over, guys. Uh, Injured reserve. He is no longer going to be available. Apparently, he got a second opinion over the weekend, says that this is not getting any better. You're going to have to. The only thing that helps is rest. So he decides to go on. IR. So now there is an awful lot here behind the scenes, Dane, that we probably don't know. It might just be as simple as that. Listen, it ain't getting better. He's got to take the, it's the only, these Liz Frank injuries, they don't go away overnight. So why risk, why risk it with a dude who's five and one right now? Why rush him back when everything seems to be okay? Go get healthy and then come back next year with this injury. Uh, and we're not talking like a sprained thumb here. We're talking about a foot injury. They ain't going to get no better. So that could right. be it. Or it could be that they basically explain to him he can't be around the team anymore with this kid being there, that they've decided to move on for him. So there is there is plenty of intrigue with this move. And the amazing part is we've heard nothing from Cam Newton. Zero. That's right. So I think that's important, too, by the way, Joe. I think mm-hmm. it's option B. Yep. I think it's option B, Joe. Option A, and here's my data point that I think renders option A impossible. Two weeks ago, we were hearing that he was cleared for practice, Joe. Remember that? He was practicing right. uh, in advance of the San Francisco game. 
All right. So you can't tell me that he's on the road to recovery and then all of a sudden, yeah, 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 he needs another six week of rest. This is to Mm -hmm. me, it's option B, Joe. It's kicking the can down the road and making it seem okay, public relation wise for everybody. Cam Newton cannot be QB2 for that franchise in that building. It just cannot happen. Okay. It wouldn't be okay for Cam and his ego and his pride. It wouldn't be good for the kind of pressure on Kyle Allen. It wouldn't be good, okay? Something wrong would happen. So this is cover, in my opinion. They're using the injury Mm -hmm. because he was practicing two weeks ago. They're using this as like, oh, he's not good enough. This is kicking the can down the road. I think Cam is being a good soldier about this. That's why you don't hear anything from Cam. And I think we've Mm -hmm. talked about this, Joe, the new owner of the Panthers, that he's ready, in my opinion, to turn the page. Gabe Morency thinks that Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, okay? This, yep. I believe, gives them a ready-made opportunity to turn the page without drama. That's what this injury and this narrative can do. And I bet they're like, hey, Cam, if you shut up, be a good soldier, say the right things, in the offseason, we will do right by you and try to make sure – If we have to move on, we'll do it in a way that's a safe place and a safe landing spot for you. I think that is why we haven't heard Jack from Cam, because he knows and he knows he just can't be QB2 in that building. Yeah, it's interesting, to say the least. The guy that was so in front of the camera, fashionista, the whole nine, just goes off into the sunset without a a peep, man. Nothing, you know, no conference. Hey, guys, I really... You know, like, no, no word of encouragement. They'll be fine. Whatever, you know, no, nothing. That just that camp season is over. No need for you to have to come back here to the uh, the team. I think they I have made the decision. I wonder if he's going to even be on the sidelines. You think he'll be I on the sidelines? I doubt it. Right. You won't I travel with the team. Because if you're on IR, you're probably. See you later. Right. Yeah. This is just gonna, made into he's oblivion. Be the doctor. Right, like, we love yeah, you. We ain't going to talk bad about you on the way out. We honor what you're saying. We honor what you've done for this franchise. Thank you. But we're moving on. This is now Kyle Allen's era. And then in the offseason, we'll play nice and figure it out together. And we'll have that conversation later. But in the meantime, it's simply for what's best for you is to heal up. That's that's what it's going to be from a public standpoint. Even though you were practicing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. It, It getting ugly in Carolina behind the scenes. I can promise you that. Sam Newton. There we go around. This is Kyle Allen. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. I cannot believe it. It is already. It's Wednesday. It's November. We're a couple of weeks away from uh, Thanksgiving. Next thing we know, Christmas lights will be going up, uh, and all hell will uh, be breaking loose. Plus, 
We'll be talking about uh, bowl games coming up soon, Dane, as well. It's yeah. going to get uh, you know, the one of the 900 different bowl games that we have. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to get absolutely crazy. Uh, and also, it's interesting, too, there was a, uh, a story out that it appears uh, one professional athlete might uh, have gotten themselves in a little trouble at, uh, at a casino there, Dane. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. might uh, might have uh, gotten a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit too much uh, out of control is uh, Patrick Kane, uh, NHL's uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, he apparently is getting sued by the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas because apparently he took out eight separate credits that totaled a half a million dollars back in April. Markers, okay. credits, yep. you name it. He kept going He's back and it. back and back and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, except he hasn't paid it. That's the problem. It's not uh, good for it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And I am fairly certain that Patrick, to to your point, uh, and I'm sorry, not Patrick and Evander Kane, rather the San Jose Sharks. Oh yeah, Evander let's get Kane. it right. Let's not slander um, the man. <laughs> he had no. I don't want to. Patrick's got his own problems up in uh, in yes, Buffalo and other places. There. Uh, yes, he, yeah, does. he does. Uh Evander Kane, rather half a million dollars in gambling markers, and I'm wondering. What is his salary a year? A Vander Kane of the Santa Jose Sharks. I've got to believe. Oh, look that up. Oh, I, I got 40, $49 million he makes. $49 million. Oh, He's, he's 28 years old. Yeah. Second year of a seven-year $49 million deal that he just signed with the Sharks. And now he got slapped at the arena <laughs> with the summons going. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they, that's that they play at the Golden Knights. Can't they just kind of like... Yeah. Arrest him or take and him in? April would be, was he, I'm trying to think, April his season was probably, no, he had still, the Sharks were in it up until the end, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were like in the Western Conference Finals, so they were in it, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, half a mil, Next huh? Next time they go play at Las Vegas, I bet there's going to be people like waiting out in like a big security. Damn straight. Guy. You know? The problem is at they Pop won't let you in any casino. They'll spread that word. You ain't getting into any casino, pal. Oh, that's... Pay your marker.